0: Yeah, how does Ozzy feel about having a house guest? Oh,
1: he is in heaven.
2: It's his best friend in the world. Uh, now ask how Bowser feels about being over at Ozzy's house. <laughs> Less <laughs> enthused.
0: You're listening to Love your guided tour through the wide and wonderful world of streaming rom-coms and teen cinema. I am one of your co-hosts, Martha Sullivan. A uh, librarian and YA-lit enjoyer, and I am here as always with my co-host...
1: I'm Marn Higman, a uh, adult services librarian and rom-com enthusiast.
0: And we are joined by a very special guest today. Introduce yourself, special guest.
2: <laughs> Hi, I'm Pete Romberg. You might know me from such podcasts <laughs> as Did You Do Your Homework, a pop culture podcast combining academic ideas with pop culture media. <laughs>
0: Hooray! And we are, uh, we roped Pete into joining us for today's film discussion, uh, because we will be running a rerun on Did You Do Your Homework Next Time, so we thought it would be a fun, uh, fun little bonus for you all to have Pete still coming to your ears for fresh new content in addition to our rerun. Uh, We are talking today about the... We, we we should also
2: we should also say at the top that not only am I joining as a special guest, uh, <laughs> but we have a couple dogs in our recording studio today, so you might get additional special guest audio like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, describe your describe your current dog situation for our listeners. So
1: so right now we, we have two we have our own little two year old pug, um, and then we are dog sitting an eight year old. 90 plus pound uh, blind poodle who we love very much. They, uh, are, our pug is very excited to be hanging out with one of his bestest friends. Um, the poodle is a little more, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is a little less excited to have a small dog uh, jumping on him. So he's being very patient with our pug. Um, he
2: also just bonked his head on the underside of a desk, which is why we both laughed. It's <laughs> it's sad but funny.
1: <laughs> oh, Bowser, poor baby. So, Yes, yes my pet this...
0: situation. Oh, sorry.
1: I was gonna say. So yes, this will this will be the dog the dog episode.
0: Yes, my pet situation continues to be. They live in a box. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well I mean that, that's much better than it was a month ago where there was you know worries. Yeah.
0: that's true. They now live in one box, which is a relief for Yay.
2: all
1: of us Woo! <laughs> Excellent.
0: Um, but yes, as I as I started to say, today we are talking about the 2022 Netflix original Do Revenge uh, written by Celeste Ballard and Jennifer Caton Robinson and directed by Jennifer Caton Robinson. Uh, this movie stars. Camilla Mendez as Drea, Maya Hawk as Eleanor, Austin Abrams as Max, Rish Shaw as Russ, Talia Ryder as Gabby, Alicia Bowe as Tara, Ava Capri as Carissa, and a bunch of other hot teens doing their hot teen things. Uh, Also, sharp eyes will note a Sophie Turner uh, appearance post-Game of Thrones as Erica um uh
2: and sarah michelle Michelle geller is the headmistress which is a fun little
0: which i had actually yes i had forgotten that she shows up (laughs) as the headmaster of our of our prestigious girls school or a prestigious school it's not a girl's school it's a just a rich person school um Pete, as our guest today, would you like to give us a brief synopsis of Due Revenge?
2: Sure. So Drea is a popular student at a Miami prestigious private high school with only the fittest of fashions uh, and is uh, an overachiever, you know, slated to go to Yale, then wants to go to Harvard Law. um, But uh, she herself comes from a lower income background compared to the millionaires that she's hanging out with. Uh, things seem to be going great for her until her boyfriend leaks a sex video uh, of her, uh, and that causes them to break up, and a rocky start to the next school year. Uh, during the summer, Drea meets and befriends Eleanor, a uh, not really geeky, like an, out- an outcasty uh, girl who will be joining the school, coming to the school in the new year, and they decide to... Uh, uh, Eleanor tells a story about when she was in summer camp. A girl was uh, mean to her, basically outed her, and made her seem like a predator. Uh, and they decide to get revenge on each other's, uh, you know, people who caused them grief. Uh, but they would get revenge on the other person.
1: It, it's a real strangers on a train situation, which I was very grateful when I looked at the wik- Wikipedia. And above the the fold, however you describe it as, on Wikipedia, they referenced strangers on a train. I was like, ha ha.
2: Uh, So so Drea uh, gets in with Carissa, the girl that Eleanor had said was the one who had outed her uh, and sort of cast her as a predator at a summer camp when they were in middle school. Uh, Befriends her and befriends uh, her friend, I'm going to go, Russ. um, Sort of artsy, artsy, hippie folks. Uh, Drea does revenge by uh, spiking the meal that Carissa has prepared for the whole school at some shindig uh, with magic mushrooms and causing everyone to go tripping and causing uh, Carissa to get uh, arrested for growing drugs uh, on school property. Um, As things continue, though, Eleanor seems maybe less interested or less able to do revenge on Max, uh, befriending him and actually like realizing that he's friendly while Drea sort of spirals out. Uh, how spoiler are we getting here on this uh synopsis
0: i mean the synopsis doesn't have to be too spoilery we will probably get into spoilers during the
2: discussion great uh so a third act twist sets us up for the third act where there is more shenanigans and uh maybe people learn lessons and maybe they don't uh maybe revenge is done and maybe it isn't
0: Uh, so, first, initial thoughts. Um, I feel like, superficially, this movie is definitely much more my bag than my, uh, than yours. But also, Pete, you did make a comment a while ago about how you would be interested in watching this, which is part of the reason you're here today. <laughs> so, what were, I mean, did you guys have fun? Did you enjoy this viewing experience?
2: Uh, I I learned through this viewing experience that I bounce really hard off uh, teen high school movies like this. Um, I, and, and, like there are noted exceptions. We watched Clueless like six months ago, and Clueless is great. Ten Things I Hate About You, perfect movie. Uh, but unless you're in like that absolute upper echelon s tier of teen high school movie, uh, it's 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 a genre and like the tropes and just the structure is one that I'm that does not do it for me. Um, yeah, that being said, great costumes, fun cast, uh, my letterbox review I I wrote, I, as a 35-year-old straight white guy who's into sad queer indie rock women, loved the needle drops. I don't know if that's what the Zoomers are listening to.
1: Yeah, let's, we'll we'll get into that. I I have thoughts about the needle drops.
2: There was some Muna, which is great, the Zoomers are into that, but then there was some, like, 90s stuff, and I'm like, ooh, I love this. Is this for me? Well,
1: <laughs> well I think there I, mean, I do off.
0: think Yeah, I do think that this movie is playing a little bit like it is a teen movie and it is it is for teens, but it also kind of wants to be in with the 10 things I hate about you crowd.
2: Yeah.
0: Um particularly because the cast of this movie, like Maya Hawke is wonderful and really rose to prominence on Stranger Things, which is a show that is kind of for adults, but that the teens truly love. Mm -hmm. Um, And Camilla Mendez is on Riverdale, which is kind of for teens, but that adults truly
1: love. Yeah. And I mean, I think Um, it's intentional in terms of, like, when you're doing an homage as straight as... um, So, Pete, I don't know if you remember this, but so one of the needle drops they do, like, actually mimics Clueless. Um,
2: I did not pick up on that.
1: Yeah, so Kids in America... Um, oh. And they, they dropped a slightly different part of the song. Because, like, in Clueless, it, it they really dropped the... They have a Neil drop of the chorus really hard. Like, we're the kids in America. Whoa, we're the kids in America. So, like, there's a big sequence in Clueless to that song. whereas well, there's this movie. They dropped one of the choruses, but you could, like, hear it building up mm. to... Were the Kids in America? And what was... There was another big needle drop that mimicked. And I lost it. I remember last night. I I noted last night to point out the clueless one. Um, But, I mean, they just dropped 90s music in general. Like, they dropped the Cranberries and... um, Oh, my gosh. Why am I spacing on the other one? But, yeah, I think it was interesting. Because I did come in also with the same question as you, Pete, of would Zoomers actually be listening to these songs? Like, I don't think they would know these songs. Um... Or, yeah, or, like, at the end, um, you know, them going away and singing. uh, (laughs)
2: Meredith Brooks. Meredith
1: Brooks. I'm like, "Mm, don't know that two high school seniors in the year of our Lord 2022 uh, would be vibing that hard off that song. But, okay, I'll allow it. Oh, Moby. Yeah, Yeah, and there was also Moby Needle Drop. Yeah, so just a lot of,
2: Yeah.
0: I th- I think that the the movie does have a little bit of like who is this for going on. Um which I think my big complaint and I will say that I generally very much enjoyed this movie. I had a really good time. I thought the look was great, the vibes were great as the as the children say. Um but because it did give sort of an overall impression of being like for 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 me rather than for like a 16 to 18 year old Mm -hmm. i wanted it to go harder like Mm -hmm. there was something very candy coated about it like it it is trying to appeal to me but also is a little too gentle to really fulfill
2: the role that i think it Kind of sets out to play. Did, did you want this um, to slightly become like a slasher by the third act?
1: Well, I think you, I think we're we're the, really. what you're getting at is you want it to be cruel intentions, which I mean, they're obviously courting references well, to and, that by casting Sarah Michelle Geller. And like, well, well and, oh, and Maran, intent- now
0: you're, Maren, now you're spoiling my recommendation at the end of this <laughs> episode.
2: Oh, I forgot I we're supposed to have one of those.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I think that, you know, I th- martha were are incorrect but, for, but i think where you're getting at is like cruel intentions like she's like people die in that movie um and... Yeah, and
0: i didn't necessarily need anyone to die in this movie but i did want it i wanted it to be a little harder i wanted it to be a little sexier mm-hmm. i wanted it to be i wanted it to be a little less Soft, and mm-hmm. I, I think that it could have. I think it could have done really well with a contrast between the look of it, which is very like pastel and bright colors. Mm-hmm. If the kid, had, like if, if the, um, if then the story had been a little edgier, like I think they could have done some cool things with that contrast. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and just but consider. Like, I've okay. seen. I've seen harder stuff happen on Riverdale, for example. So, like, I don't know. I wanted I wanted it to push itself a little harder. I wanted it to be a little bit meaner.
1: Well, and I think, I mean, I think the perfect example of this, and, like, I'm sure you could guess that this is where I, uh, this is one thing that stuck in my craw, was, like, we never really addressed the fact that Drea drugs her whole high school class. Like that's just kind of hand waved away of, oh, yes, I confess that I did it, but like the girl who was growing the drugs is still the one who got in trouble, not me, like not
2: me for committing multiple felonies.
1: <laughs> oh, my God, like
0: <laughs> well, and i I don't have as I don't have nearly as much of a problem with that because I do think that the movie starts to pivot into like, I think the problem that the movie has is that it pivots into drea being like legitimately unhinged,
2: yeah, but
0: then the movie, but then the movie is still like wants to redeem her as um Eleanor's friend by the end, and I'm like, no, just make her a bad person. like There's... she she can be a bad person. <laughs>
2: There's, there's a scene at the end, and it's sort of the climactic scene where Max, the, the ex, is sort of, like, you know, revealing his master plan, for lack of a better term. Um, and it's, it's right after Eleanor and Drea had had a big sort of blowout fight where it seems like they're not, like, they're never going to be friends again. Max says his thing, he leaves, and then they're almost immediately friends again. And it, it was one of those, like, it's like, mm, I get it. And in the logic of this, of the universe, I get it but it does feel very unearned and it does feel like Drea went from being like our POV character to being sort of like unhinged and losing it. And now we're rooting for, uh, for Maya Hawk. And now all of a sudden we're right. Like the movie has decided that we are back on Drea's side and it, uh, and she doesn't do anything to earn it. Other than show that Max is also a bad guy.
0: They're they're all bad people. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the movie just should have leaned into, you thought that you were on the side she's actually psychotic like just i don't know i think movies especially movies that are of this sort of tone have a hard time accepting the fact that it's okay to have a character that the audience doesn't have to like agree with like i can like eleanor as a character and still be like oh she's crazy or excuse <laughs> me sorry like, she's unhinged. Like, yeah,
2: I, yeah. Are, are you, are you, I... I frequently... Are you talking Eleanor or that... Drea? I mean, and, both! Yeah, well, I'm that's the talking... thing. Like, both.
0: <laughs> yeah, kind of Eleanor, who has the third act pivot when you, like, find out that Drea is the one that outed her at the camp and, like, her whole master plan has been to get revenge on Drea yeah. through this, like, truly bananas um like year-long master plan like i i wanted the movie to lean a little bit harder into just accepting that eleanor is a bad person and while she may have been hurt as a child in a very legitimate way like the way that she is reacting to this is not healthy and is actually very bad yeah but i think the movie is still i think the movie is still trying to have its cake and eat it too Mm -hmm. where it's like but we still want you to like her we still want you to be on her side like we still cast Maya hawk and i'm like well but lean into that lean into that twist of expectation um she can be our third act villain without you also trying to like redeem
2: her at by the end and on the, because yeah, like, I, Drea could be the third act villain because, like, she also is, you know, exhibiting some maybe sociopathic tendencies going on here. Like, the fact that she, Maya Hawk tells the whole story of of their middle school thing and she did not clock that that was her. It's like, oh, whoa, that only happened like four years ago.
0: That, I, I felt uh, sympathy with that. Like, I certainly did stupid and tasteless stuff when I was a kid that, like, if somebody, if, if it hurt, like I totally bought that it hurt Eleanor very, very deeply. But to Drea, it was just sort of a mean girl thing that she did and then she moved on. Like it didn't mm. it didn't have the impact on Drea that it did on Eleanor. Mm-hmm. So I I understood that like things happen, especially over the summer when you're a kid. Like summertime and summer camp are like practically alternate realities to your real life. <laughs> so that didn't strike me as being all that unrealistic.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, it's kind of removed from your day-to-day. Um, I mean, I think, too, part of it... See, and for me, what I would have liked, Martha, more than having both of them steer into hardcore villainy, what I would have liked, because I think the trickier needle to thread, and I think what they were going for and didn't quite achieve, I am always much more interested in characters who have done bad things um but are not pure villains like i i think that because i I think you kind of wanted a like all out cruel intentions heather's like um
0: i did i wanted it to like i wanted it to go balls to the wall crazy at the end yeah
1: (laughs) see and i i like i always i always think it's much more interesting To have characters in those shades of gray. And so I was kind of disappointed that, like, Max turned out to just be a pure villain. Um, Because I think it's always way more interesting to be like... Here is a person who has done bad things and good things. And I don't know. I just... I always... I I think that, for me, where this was... I mean, it's always fun to have a villain, too. Like, I think there there are definitely circumstances where it's appropriate just to have a, like, um, pure villain. But I think in this case, because I think what it was trying to go for was a, um... You know, they're characters who have done both. Um... Or, you know, they characters who are conflicted, and, you know, I think, it, you know, like, the, they're trying to have a, like, yep, here, these two girls have, have done some bad things, but we're going to give them, they're going to reconcile and be friends and learn from their mistakes, but I, I, yeah, I think that didn't feel earned, and so they didn't, like, thread that needle of that arc, because I, I was actually very interested in going on that journey with them, but they just didn't thread that needle, and, okay, here's the part where I confess uh, I must have read this, uh, movie's Wikipedia page when it came out, as I frequently do. So, I knew the whole time that Maya Hawk was going to be the villain. Um, or that Maya Hawk was going to turn on her. Um, so it was very interesting watching this movie, knowing that's where it was going, and seeing all the little breadcrumbs that left to leave us there yeah i I think it either went from one way. it either went too hard or not hard enough. Like I think if it wanted to be a Heather's Cruel intentions type movie, then it needed to do what you're saying of like there needed to be real consequences and we needed to to not wrap it up with a Thelma Louise type, well, not driving off into a canyon, but you know, driving off living their friendship. Or what it needed to do um was was make it like less was make it a little more muddy and a little more gray and a little less like these girls are off the rockers they're you know it, it needed to either you know address that oh boy these are some teens going through some stuff or if it really wanted to get into the like larger than life Cruel Intentions type style teen machinations. I needed to do that, but I, I think we're we're coming at it being a little unsatisfied from the opposite ends, because I think it tried to thread a needle between both, and so it succeeded at neither.
0: I agree with that. Like I, because I guess based on what we got, I would have erred on. Not less complexity, because I do think it ends up asking more of your audience to have a character that, like, you think you're on their side and then to find out suddenly that you're not. Mm -hmm. Like, I I am sort of happy with the complexity coming from that rather than the character themselves kind of being morally gray. Like, I I sort of appreciate the experience of having to grapple with my expectations as a viewer. And I think that is the needle I would have, I think that is what I would have liked to have seen them try to do um but i certainly agree like if we had gotten something that was more morally complex i think that also would have been satisfying in its own way um but you're right i don't think we really went further i I don't think we went far enough in either direction and so at the end of it none of us are satisfied even when like we can say both of us kind of wanted different things which is fine
1: Oh, I just thought of the analogy I want to go for here. Yeah, I feel like on one one end of the spectrum, you have the cruel intentions, the Heathers, where everything is just... All the characters are terrible, and everything, you know, it really goes out there. And I think on the other hand, the other needle it could have threaded is Mean Girls. Because if you think about it, Mean Girls at the end, I think, has does a really good job of saying... Of, you know, not having this, like, oh, we need to make up and I'll be friends now. Like, the end of Mean Girls is we are no longer friends, but we have all accepted ourselves.
2: Mm.
1: And I yes. think that's, that's a much
2: more... it's more honest ending for this movie than driving away exactly. Santa Meredith Brooks. So yeah.
1: I, I think they needed to pick one. I think they either needed to do Cruel Intentions, or they needed to do Mean Girls.
2: But instead, they did Revenge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, because I I think what makes the end of Mean Girls satisfying is there are consequences. Like the the consequence is well, one that Virginia George you know has you know what was it back surgery, whatever, because she's in the halo thing. So there's and that she gets hit by a bus <laughs> when she gets hit by a bus. So like there are actual consequences. But then the other consequences, yeah, like we're we've done too much to each other. We are not going to be friends, and that's okay and we're all just gonna gonna accept each other and leave each other alone. Um there's been there's been too much. Um and I think that would have been a better direction for this movie to go in. As much as I am usually I love a redemption arc. It is one of my like catnips. I am all here for you know, car- I I love seeing characters work through their crap and reconcile like i i am all for that i am very pro in the in the romance novel world there's a big uh debate about whether you have a third act breakup or not i love a third act breakup i love a like which is like a a, you know a convention in a romance novel like the characters have to briefly break up before they get back together finally i love it because so like i i am their audience for this type of story and I think they just didn't pull it off. Yeah, I don't disagree. I I would
0: say my overall reaction to this was that I had a good time watching it. And it was like eating cotton candy. Like, at the end, I, I felt a little unsatisfied.
1: You were like that and... video of the raccoon.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> trying to wash my treat
0: and having it just dissolve in my hands.
2: <laughs> well, and Cotton Candy is a great description. Like, the, the look of this movie is beautiful. Like, it, it's it's very well shot. The costume design is top-notch. Uh, the choice of green and purple as the two colors works beautifully because all green works, all purple works, and mixing and matching also works. So you get a lot of variation with just those two colors. Yeah. Um, and then like the needle drops are fun, and everyone's a hottie. Uh, Max was that the guy's uh, the mm-hmm. boyfriend's name? Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely giving me low rent Timothy Chalamet and who else did I say? Uh, Tom Holland uh, uh, vibes. But you know that's fine. Uh, yeah, uh, Russ was a fun character. I liked his blue hair. It was a di- it was like the one pop of other color in the movie, which was fun. Um, and I got very confused when it said wintertime, but we're in Miami. So, you know, (laughs) it's, you know, they're talking about like a Valentine's event. I'm like, what? But it's summer outside. (laughs) Uh, That being said, boy, I, I I think five minutes into this movie, I turned to Marin and I was like, is this going to be one of those like teen comedies where we don't see a single parent ever? And we did not see a single parent (laughs) ever.
0: This is why this is why I always want rich school stories to just be boarding school stories. Like they should have mm. just been at a boarding school. Yeah. Yes. And I love I love a boarding school story. I love a boarding school book. Um but then you don't have to think about the parents and the teen stories never want you to be thinking about the parents. So it's like just put the kids in the situation. Where there are no parents.
2: I mean, like, and, and my like my other, <laughs> the other move would be, like, set it at college. But the problem with college, it, like, senior year of high school is such that important, like, you know, transitional moment in your life. And you're the oldest, you're top of the heap, and your brain is still <gasps> non-functioning. Whereas college, you know, you graduate at 22, you're going out into the world into a very different situation than just trying to get into the top school. And your brain is a little more developed than at 18, so it doesn't, like... The story needs the character to be going to college and to be a senior in high school. But then, like, we're having ragers on a Thursday night, and it's like, ugh, okay.
0: Yeah, the stakes really are such that they need to be... Um. They need to be in high school. I think yeah. having it be in college changes...
2: Yep, everything. it changes
0: the stakes. It yeah, and, and um, social it dynamics different... like
2: you know like like because because high school social dynamics are very like they're tropey, but they're often tropey for a reason. College social dynamics are very different.
0: Yes, and um, I think because it's a high school story, you do kind of you can kind of believe a little bit more that this is something that these two girls can come back from, like.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There are there are a lot of things that I think can be forgiven more from high school teenagers than from college kids. Um, Yeah, the stakes are different is just the, the best way I can put that. Yeah, that's why it's also sort of important that cruel intentions happens in high school. Like that's also sort of absurd, but it it does like matter, I think.
1: Well, it's interesting because Cruel Intentions is a adult story that was modified to be set <laughs> at a high school. Um, uh-huh. And I, I think that's really interesting, that, like...
2: Was that, uh... Dangerous? D- I was going to say, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, speaking of Glennergy, there's a version starring John Malkovich and Glenn Close. Um... I think Glenn Close plays the Sarah Michelle Geller character, um, but yeah, so that yeah, that's kind of interesting that like, and I think that just goes to show that you know they take that same pressure cooker environment and put it in a modern context of high school because especially senior year of high school has that same pressure cooker, um, and. Yeah, I, I think that you you need that um, in this story in order to make it function. Um, I, I don't think there's a version of this story uh, that can function with them as young adults. I mean, I'm, you know, Count of Money. Apparently, I'm just talking about all the French whatever, whatever. Because, yeah, like, obviously, there are adult stories about revenge. Count of Money Cristo* being the prime example. But they just don't operate under that same pressure cooker.
0: And, like, teens, especially teens that have a lot of that pressure to perform, like, I believe more that you would get this truly unhinged behavior from teens who are like, where I go to college is the only thing that matters. It's like, well, it's not, but I only know that because I'm an adult human. Like
2: <laughs> Everyone at that school has an Adderall prescription kind of situation. <laughs>
1: Correct.
2: Yeah. Whether whether they need it or not, they like. Well, no. We have to. I have to have a prescription. How else can I stay up late to study to get into Harvard?
0: Right.
1: Uh, So one thing we have not talked about that I think we need to bring up is a hero of this movie, uh, bearded dragon.
2: Um, Yeah. (laughs) Best Uh, character. I saw this team on the bearded cast Gen- list. Uh, Faye the lizard played Oscar winner Olivia Colman, <laughs> uh, which was the name of the bearded dragon.
1: <laughs> uh, team, team bearded dragon over here! Oh my god, my favorite was when they're doing the the twist with Eleanor and they're showing her in the bathtub. Yes. And the bearded dragon in its own little bathtub. Oh my gosh, I died. So good. Best part of this movie.
0: Yes, and I love that. That felt very real to me that that particular character would have a lizard as an emotional support. Yes. Animal.
2: 100%.
1: Well, and as I was saying, you know, knowing the twist, one of the little breadcrumbs they left was when she was talking about it. She was like, I decided to get something cold blooded. And that's one of your. Like little clues that so I picked up on that because I knew where it was going, and I was like, okay, there's a breadcrumb before they re- revealed why why she would want a cold-blooded pet.
0: yes <laughs> um well, any other any other notes we have about do revenge?
2: I don't think so. I think revenge is done. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess, it, like, great great title. Like, yeah. it is an absolute hands-down great title.
1: Yeah, I think I think much like Cotton Candy, I think Cotton Candy is the apt metaphor here, where it's like, yep, it gave me a nice little sweet taste in my mouth for approximately 90 seconds, and I am probably never going to think about 90 seconds
2: or 90 minutes?
1: 90 seconds. Okay. And I, and I am never gonna think about it again it has dissolved
0: um so Pete as our guest again I'm gonna make you go first what would you or unless you need a little more time to think about what would you recommend to our listeners uh
2: uh I
0: either instead of or after they have enjoyed do Revenge
2: (laughs) I, I mentioned both um uh Clueless, and 10 Things I Hate About You earlier. I recognize that neither of those are in the genre of high school revenge movie, but they are both in the genre of High school movie and like high school Shakespeare movie, which is I guess just I guess the way that I can tolerate high school movies is when they are through the lens of Shakespeare adaptations so this
1: is based on Jane Austen.
2: Or other famous <laughs> works of English literature. <laughs> such as Jane Austen, you know. <laughs> I knew Clueless wasn't Shakespeare, but I couldn't get out of that one. Um yeah, so I um uh Drea's friend, her her friend before, I think Gabby, played by Talia Ryder, is that who I'm thinking of? Yeah. Nope, uh, that's not who I'm thinking of. Uh, anyway, Dre, Dre's best friend before, or like at the beginning of the movie, gave me real vibes of the best friend in Clueless. Uh, and the costumes gave me real Clueless vibes. So I'm going to go, for those reasons, I'm going to recommend Clueless, even though I think 10 Things I Hate About You is, is a, a more fun movie to watch. Uh, and I like it more. But yeah, we'll go with Clueless.
0: Excellent. Uh Marin, what recommendation hey, do you oh, have for people?
2: Hold on. Have you guys oh, done Clueless on this uh, show?
1: Uh, I don't think we
2: have. Okay. It might not be streaming anywhere.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's streaming anywhere. Um Yeah, my recommendation, I'm just going to stick with what I wished I was watching, most of watching this movie, and that is Mean Girls. Like, Mean Girls is just a better version of this movie, so... Um, and I don't know if it's because of uh it was targeted exactly to my micro generation, but I think Mean Girls is one that has stood the test of time um and I would have rather been watching it.
2: <laughs>
1: martha how about
2: you that, that's actually a really good point like we still talk about mean girls today and not just because we grew up when it came out like it is still memified. it is still like part of the internet lexicon i don't think do revenge is gonna have that staying power like it already hasn't it's already gone yeah um whereas mean girls obviously stuck around
0: um yeah i mean continuing the, in the same vein i'm gonna recommend the movie that i <laughs> I'm going to recommend the movie, not that I wished I was watching, but that I wanted this movie to be, which is 1999's teen classic Cruel Intentions. Uh, I like that we're
1: getting right. both sides of the teen revenge spectrum here.
0: Yeah, starring Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Phillippe, Reese Witherspoon, and Selma Blair. Uh, it's a classic. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar has a coke problem in it. It's great. Ryan <laughs> Phillippe's hair is certainly... Making some choices.
2: (laughs) Ryan Phillippe (laughs) is in that movie.
0: (laughs) Uh, So for our next film, we are going to be watching and discussing the 2022 uh, adult romantic comedy Bros.
2: Bros! Uh, Bros! 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 bros.
0: I mean, it is important to, to mention that we're in Pride Month. Uh, so all of the recommendations that i sent to marin were all queer in some way uh so yeah we are moving from lesbian teenagers to adult gay men and i'm very much looking forward to uh to watching (laughs) this one. this was one that i wished i wished i'd gotten out to the theater to see it i just couldn't make it happen so same we will be back in a couple of weeks uh until then you should check out our other podcast that we do that drops on the same feed, which is called "Did You Do Your Homework?" Uh, Pete and I host that. We just dropped an episode last weekend on whether it is possible or not, or whether it even matters uh, to create an anti-war movie. And, and I, I, I get gotta real say, that was salty. A great episode.
2: Yeah, that was a really <laughs> good episode.
0: Yep, I get pretty salty about the new "All Quiet on the Western Front." So if you want to hear some very strong opinions, check that one out. (laughs) Um, You can find me on all the social media places at Magical Martha. I'm mostly on Twitter and Instagram these days. I'm also on Letterboxd, where I love a ranked list, uh, as well as Tumblr, where I am the Libratrix instead, because Magical Martha is a blog lost to password confusion, and defunct email addresses. (laughs) Maren, where can people find you?
1: Yeah, folks can find me on Twitter at a underscore star underscore danced where I mainly just tweet about romance novels these days, so if that interests you at all, feel free to give me a follow.
0: Uh, And Pete, where can people find you?
2: Uh, For my sins, you can still find me on Twitter at Pico3000, P-I-K-O 3000, talking politics and pop culture. You can also find me on the best social media platform, Letterboxd, at P-Romberg, P-R-H-O-M-B-E-R-G, rating and reviewing movies.
0: It really is the best one.
2: (laughs) Um, One reason why it's the best is that there aren't that many updates.
0: (laughs) Uh, But that's going to do it for us for this week, uh, unless I'm missing anything egregious, which, Pete, you're actually on the call, so you can remind me if I'm missing anything. I don't Um, think you are. Great. We'll see you in a couple weeks, uh, and until then, everybody, just remember that we love you. (laughs)
2: revenge! Oh, wait.
0: (laughs) Wrong message!
2: All right, well thanks. Thanks for this hanging out with the dog recording.
1: I I say Bowser so, is guys... signing us off with a
2: walking right up into us.
1: <laughs> with many uh, well, many cuddles. For...
0: <laughs> thank you guys for getting together a little early this week. I appreciate it.